stop and pay attention. You might think you have the right answer all the time and you don't. We don't. We might think, and it might come from a place of, I really care about you. I'm really concerned about you. Fine. But guess what? I really care about my kids. I really love them, but I don't always have the right answer for them. They've got their own noggins. The stories we tell ourselves as people, as teams, as organizations, you know, they often get in the way of the changes we want to make in the world. We actually need to propel our stories forward, not hold us back. This is Unstop the Story, where we're looking at how amazing people and companies are being resilient, flexible, brave, and daring in the face of an ever-changing landscape. And we'll talk about how you can do it too. Hello and welcome to Unstop the Story with Unstoppable Tracy. Fear is on top of people's mind and everyone take risks. A safe risk, yet still a risk. You know, risk kind of reminds me of the life lesson of how do you know unless you try. And simply believing you're capable is often enough to overcome obstacles and exceed uncertainty. But the analogy of a duck in a pool comes to mind. You know, imagine the duck swimming, not in a pool, in a pond, I should say. But this duck appears calm and cool on the surface. And yet below the water, its feet are paddling frantically. Fear is what is happening below the surface, you know, inside you where your heart is racing. And courage is the appearance of calm and cool and doing it with the fear inside you anyways. You know, courage isn't doing it without fear. It's doing it in spite of the fear. You know, I think back in school And I was calm and cool on the surface, and my disability wasn't ever really a significant issue, but there was one school dance, and, you know, like all the other girls, I wondered if I was going to get asked to dance or not, and I was asked to dance, unlike some of the other girls, and how come? And so standing and walking are super easy for me, but sitting and getting up and down from a chair on the other hand, are much harder. And so I didn't want to be seen as ungraceful or, you know, I was so conscious of what people thought of me as a teenager. And so I just stood, right? I remained standing. And so because I'm standing there, I had my head up and my eyes open and a big smile on my face. So I was kind of approachable. And so this was a Halloween dance. And I recall being there alone And my friends, they were all dancing with boys and girls, whatever your preference. And when this extremely tall cowboy with a Zorro-like black mask across his eyes started to cross the room towards me out of the dark. And, you know, just for context, this school dancer was a crystal chandelier that had been put up and it was silhouetted right behind his head. So it was making him and his presence that much more magical when he finally asked me to dance. And we had a lovely dance, and he embraced me, and his arms enveloped me, and we danced effortlessly, and we never spoke a word. 
not even our names. And so at the end of the dance, while I was still in his arms, he looked me in the eyes and he leaned down and he kissed me and I felt shivers right through me. And at that moment, no one else on the planet existed. And then he walked off into the darkness and I sort of stood there in shock. And I had no idea who he was. And to this day, I still don't know who he is. So have the courage to stand tall. And even if your stomach is like paddling like duck inside underneath the water's surface with their feet going 50 miles an hour. And, you know, side note, life tip, maintain that eye contact with those that you want to connect with. And so this is whether it's a school dance or a business meeting. You know, the universe has always directed me towards water, which is probably why that duck analogy resonates with me. And sailing for me in the halls of the then called Ontario Crippled Children's Center, sounds awful now, but that's what it was called way back when. And that's where sailing began for me when I was getting some new legs. And I was in a waiting room and this 18-year-old student named Kathy Smart came in to share her idea of starting a sailing program for people with disabilities. And the receptionist was there and I could hear her talking. And so I bummed my way over without my legs on to say to her excitedly, I want to, I want to, when she was sharing her idea. And You know, I think God or the universe, whatever you believe in, set us up for success that I was meant to be in that room that day in that precise moment, right? It's kind of perfect that my prosthetics were broken that day. And so because I could swim without my artificial legs, I didn't wear them in the boat. And so without my legs on and no hands, I was a bit of a weeble wobble doll and I would fall out of the boat. Now, This is when it would heal or the wind would come, but falling out of the boat wasn't a problem, right? I love to swim. I don't mind. I wasn't afraid. It was okay. And at the end of the summer, all the other kids, they all got their white cell level one and they awarded me a fish because I spent more time with the fish than I did in the boat. So now as an adult, you know, and running a program of my own, I can imagine how it might've been scary to have a little girl with no full arms and no legs falling out of a boat. And I was falling out in Lake Ontario where they have ferries crossing and lots of activity. And so the reality was that all the other kids, they were also falling out of the boats. So that's just what happens when you're learning to sail. So in fact, it's part of the learning program. So, you know, decide, sink or swim. Swim, of course. You know, we were safe. We all had life jackets on. We all passed swimming tests beforehand in the public pool. So, in fact, I was one of the stronger swimmers. So, clearly, I had no fear of falling out of the boat. And I mostly just laugh until I got back in. But not that fear of something shouldn't negatively influence a decision, right? I think you know, that lack of fear is maybe what increased confidence in others or faking it is what increased confidence in others. So there should be no more uncertainty for allowing me back 
than anybody else. You know, given I demonstrated strong swimming skills and wearing a life jacket. So one might be tempted to say to me, you know, well, Tracy, maybe sailing's not for you, right? Because I failed. And, but safety wasn't an issue. And there still could be uncertainty and uncertainty about capability at hand. So even though I didn't get the white sail level one that first year, I just needed a bit more time to master how I was going to balance in the boat. And so what was really amazing was that it didn't discourage Kathy from allowing me back in the boat that next year. And I believed I was capable. And so they believed I was capable. So that next summer, I went back and I mastered balancing in the boat. And I was so glad they had the confidence and believed that I was capable of getting there even though it wasn't evident right away. And so when I got back that second summer, I got my white set level one. And I also got my levels two and three, which a lot of my peers didn't get. And it turns out I had an aptitude for the wind. And you would never know in it if I hadn't given it a go. And you would never know that day or that summer when I failed that I'm going to grow up to be a World Cup sailor. And that first summer, I was just an enthusiastic beginner, like a bunch of folks out there listening right now with your businesses. And so ever feel like you're always falling out of the boat? And you know, falling isn't so bad. You just get back in. But that perseverance and overcoming obstacles and defying the odds and never giving up, you know, have that complete faith that you are capable wherever you are on your journey without worrying about the doubt of others. You know, sometimes even our closest loved ones doubt us. So give yourself the grace to master it without losing confidence that you will get there. And, you know, for managers out there or people overseeing others or your family or your kids or volunteers, you know, ask you to honor those falling out of their boat at first with that same belief that they are capable and they're going to become your World Cup sailors. You know, what you focus on grows. Take risks and encourage others to take risks. Exceed uncertainty and believe you are capable in spite of how petrified you are, in spite of the fear. So identify some opportunities for developing yourself or others so that both of you come out ahead. And so you or the individual you're you're supporting or coaching, you know, grows, and so does your business. So some areas to think about in terms of growth could be from adjusting to a new role or responsibility or working on roadblocks where you feel stuck or they feel frustrated or you're unsure if your friend or your employee is feeling capable. And so do any of these opportunities for development kind of resonate as true for you? or an employee, or a family member in your life, and then pick one and write it down. And so what's that circumstance that you wish to take action on and you're willing to have a conversation around? And then how will you determine if you or this person's open and ready for that conversation? You know, what could you ask them? And what are some of the benefits for tackling this conversation with the individual? So take a moment to consider what's a non-threatening 
open-ended question you could use to start that conversation, to get them talking and you just listening. You know, great coaching is mostly just asking questions. My upcoming guest is a great coach and is extraordinary mentor in my entire life. And it is the Kathy Smart of this story. And, you know, both Kathy and I know it is crucial to encourage others to take risks and answer these questions. So Kathy Smart of smartmovetraining.ca, because in Canada, Catherine Smart is the founder of Smart Move Incorporated, and she provides expertise in the areas of project management, accessible solutions, leadership executive coaching, and she takes on the impossible. And, you know, we're talking grand scale here in the range of what's never, ever been done before. And she creates inroads and then moves on right? She doesn't want to stick around. She creates it and moves on. So first at 18 for sailing for people with disabilities had never been done before in Canada. And now her latest breakthrough are with her partner, Steve Couchman, they and the king of Bhutan across the world. The two of them are working with him and the likes of directors, such as the Department of Local Governance under the Ministry of Home and Cultural Affairs for the Trans-Bhutan Trail. So when I asked her the most impossible challenge, she said not having worthwhile work. And when she spoke of disarming limiting beliefs, for example, you know, when people say I'm not good enough or smart enough, she says, push those ideas aside and go for it anyway, right? And then she jokes, it gets easier with age. So coming up, we discuss some corporate success tips through story, got to be through story, and essentially everyone has their gifts to give. So pay attention and debrief these successes and debrief the failures. And Kathy's like, talks about being kind but honest. You know, she's a tough love kind of approach. And even when that means that a colleague needs to move on. So that tough love honesty, that has always worked for me and Kathy. And so ready to see inside the mind of this large scale breakthrough artist on multiple levels, you will get to hear from Kathy Smart in just a moment. Tracy will be back in just a moment to share her conversation with Kathy Smart about resilience, overcoming obstacles, and knowing yourself. My name is Megan Doherty, and I've had the pleasure of working with Unstoppable Tracy to co-create Unstop the Story, which you're listening to now. One Stone Creative is a podcast and online course creation agency, and we love to help plan, build, and distribute podcasts that tell important stories while working towards key business objectives. We especially love working with authors like Unstoppable Tracy, and have a special book-to-podcast program designed to help nonfiction authors transform their books into valuable multimedia podcasts. If you have a book or a story and you want to bring it to the world in a new format, find us at onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E, stonecreative.net. Now, here are Unstoppable Tracy and Kathy Smart. Hello, I am over the moon 
to be speaking today with my number one mentor in life. And I know after today, she is going to be yours, Catherine Smart. She is the founder of Smart Move Incorporated. She's providing expertise in areas such as project management, accessibility solutions, leadership coaching. Kathy is a partner. She's a mother. She's a sailor. She's a lover of the outdoors. She's an explorer and an innovator, an artist, a facilitator, an organizer, a mediator and creator extraordinaire. She has traveled and lived in many parts of the world. And as a Coaches Training Institute graduate, her greatest satisfaction is assisting individuals achieve breakthroughs. Her core strengths include the team building, fundraising, standard setting, and thinking outside the box. Now, when I asked her to share some of her greatest awards, she said her husband and her sons, I mean, who doesn't just love someone with values like that? And when I had to dig deeper, she has so many awards and, you know, her big clients include people like Shoppers Drug Mart, the Blue Water District School Board, Sunnybrook Hospital. So I think I'm going to leave the bio to there and just dive deeply into my magnificent bestie on the planet since the first day I met her. Kathy, thank you for joining me today on Unstop the Story. (laughs) Thanks, Lucy. Oh my goodness. We have a thousand stories to share together. And I mean, oh my gosh, you have stories of being in horrific sailboat problem-solving solutions where like a whole spinnaker just disappears. You start a sailing school at a time when nobody has done anything like that. You present to medical professionals. You are delivering sailboats. You just recently completely turned your life upside down and went to a third world country around the world. I believe it's third world. And you'll let me know if I've got that right or wrong, but I believe it's a developing country with Mm -hmm. your house, your boys, you left your job, your husband left his job. I mean, there's so many challenges. So I am so curious, putting you on the spot to say, what would be like a great challenge that you overcame that you could share with our listeners? Well, first of all, I just really want to say thank you for having me involved in this really exciting interview and part of your journey and part of your process, because we do go way back. It's been over 40 years, which blows me away. (laughs) We were one in four. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) I think, honestly, one of my biggest challenges, well, a couple of things. I was pretty young when my dad died very, very suddenly. And then only a few months after that, I had experienced quite a significant injury and had to have open back surgery. And stage where I thought I had the world by the tail and I was racing sailboats and just spending all my life on the water and either that or doing something really active and having had started independence afloat it was pretty devastating and it was also an extraordinary learning process from the point of view of really having to dig deep and get a better sense of of who I was and also So just trusting the process in terms of 
knowing that I was going to get better and that I was going to get my life back and that I was really committed to carrying on and, and moving forward. But it was scary. And there weren't any hard answers at the time until after, you know, I was recovering from my surgery and it was a scary time. I think it's okay to be in the unknown. That time in my life really helped shape me moving forward in terms of launching into the unknown because I did that and continue to do that a lot, it seems. <laughs> yeah, it sure does, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I mean, and when you think about it, folks, right? She's 21 and she is like superstar athlete jumping all over these incredible ships and these phenomenal races. But it's right after your dad has passed and your mom is probably also going through her own grieving. So not a super massive source of strength because she's still rejuvenating from losing her life partner so young. Mm-hmm. And four girls, right? Three, three of us. Three sisters. Yeah. Oh, three, including yourself, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. holy tamole. Yeah. And it was like, you were bedridden. This was a very serious surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I fortunately was fit enough and I bounced, and young enough, I bounced back pretty quickly, but it was scary. You know, we all go through turning points in our lives where we, like we are right now with COVID, pressing the pause button and saying, okay, this is time for me to take stock, whether you're 21 or 12 or whether you're 75. I mean, it's, you know, there are times in our life where we can sit back and say, okay, well, all right, maybe I need to look at plan B. Maybe I need to take a look at shoring up and, and taking a look at other possibilities. Yeah. Or maybe I can jump right back in once I've recovered and I might look at the world. And I did look at the world differently. I I sure didn't take, not that I was taking things for granted before, but I certainly didn't take things for granted after I recovered. You know, it, it's just part of life's journey. And I think, as I said earlier, it's really helped shape who I am as a leader and as somebody who's I've had incredible opportunities to be as creative as I have been in terms of my professional life, developing all the different programs and opportunities over the years. So I'm really, really fortunate from that point of view. Very grateful. And I mean, and that's almost like one of your skill sets is how grateful you are. But you are also extraordinarily humble, my friend, because (laughs) these opportunities, like I think every single one of them were faced with some pretty powerful naysayers, right? You turned industries upside down and and you started as almost a a teenager with independence afloat where no other anywhere across Canada had ever run sailing for people with disabilities. And you're being faced with these people telling you, you can't put people with disabilities in a boat. You're going to be first capsized. The program's going to be over, right? They're Mm-hmm. So talk a yeah. little bit about I had to go through that but, and you know this I I started the school not to get any gold stars I started the school cuz I I'm a passionate person in terms of loving the outdoors and loving being on the water it's a wonderful equalizer as you well know and I graduated in in recreation I love working with kids I love working with kids who happen to live with a disability and I wanted to marry my two passions and so there was nothing that was going to stop me. Absolutely nothing. I taught at other sailing schools, but, or, and I really, really wanted to run my own school. So sure, there were definitely, there were some potential roadblocks, but I knew in my own heart that 
the school that I was pulling together was a good, solid, safe school that happened to offer the opportunity for kids with disabilities how to sail. And I knew that every single kid that was going to go through that school was going to be amazing because, well, the first year we, we kind of, I was very careful about who was invited to participate because I wanted this to be a, a really good experience for everybody. And then, you know, from there, it was really clear that you look at the schools around the world that offer opportunities for people with disabilities. I mean, Trace, you've, you've gone way beyond what Independence of Float ever did in terms of all your racing and everything that you've done. And it was a seed that was planted. And look where this, that, the, the sailing world is now. I mean, it's pretty exciting. So I, I feel well done. Like I, I think about that and I think about it was a really great circumstance that got me to the place where now I, I look at, at what's happening and think, oh, geez, I couldn't imagine, you know, sailing not being an, an option. Right. It was I, definitely nowhere near being included in the Paralympics when you started yeah. that. I mean, there wasn't oh, even one integrated program. No. Yeah, no. No, no, no. I mean, it was it was definitely groundbreaking stuff for sure. Yeah. yeah. Because there was such a perception of being unsafe and there was so much fear around it. It's just too tricky a sport and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I wasn't listening to any of it. No. <laughs> like you were younger than most of the people that you were trying to pivot and influence, right? And oh, these yeah. were doctors and lawyers and very affluent sailing club members that are used to being the CEO of their organization. And then this firecracker, Kathy, comes along Mm -hmm. and is putting in front of them what they consider is impossible and unsafely and unreasonable. And you wouldn't take no for an answer. No, no. The clubhouse, I don't know if you ever ever, ever told you this, but the clubhouse was an old washroom. And I remember (laughs) I begged, board and stole print line steel, but I begged and borrowed everything and we got the clubhouse and we were ripping out the toilets and cleaning everything up and painting everything. And, oh yeah, no, it was amazing. And I talked to a friend of mine who used to work at Bombardier in Montreal. I said, look, you know, this is the best thing ever. I talked him into donating the four boats and it was quite a fun project to get together. And, you know, every time we got a win, you know, we would, it was pretty exciting. I had a, a core group of friends who, we're super supportive. I, I did most of the work, but I, you know, I had a good team around me that were my cheerleaders. So it was an exciting time. And there's no way that that school wasn't going to run. It was so super duper clear to me that like there was absolutely no way. So, and I say that because I had such an incredible experience at the center. I had great mentorship. I had really great people that I worked with there. And I also knew from my own my own injuries over the years, I hadn't had the massive back thing at that point, but on my own injuries, how there's other strategies. I mean, I remember Trace, when I started the uh, course access to adventure without rebound and you were on that course. I remember the other instructor saying, well, you know, how is Tracy going to paddle? And I said, well, Tracy will figure it out. Tracy knows her own self. Like Tracy knows her own body. She'll figure it out. And sure enough, you know, you use your bandana and away you go and everybody was blown away oh my gosh, Tracy's paddling. <laughs> See, and and that's behind cool. the scenes. I had no idea that that was yeah. such a Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there was all sorts of conversations about how there's how many students with disabilities, I can't remember, but it, you know, we talked about every person in terms of how each person was going to manage certain parts of the program and everybody figured it out. 
right? I mean, there was support, but you figured it out, right? Yeah. And that's what I love about your coaching style is you're very much about figure it out. You've got to figure it out and throwing it back. Like people all my life, the only time that people haven't jumped in that have been available, have been an ally, have been a brainstormer, have been a resourcer, a networker, like you support me tenfold, but that you're telling the other instructors, Tracy will figure it out, like in giving me space to sit for a second in the unknown and, oh, I'm wearing a bandana. Oh, I wonder if this is going to help me. Like it wasn't a solution we knew. We just needed time and space to figure it out. And you did that with me on a trail too. Yeah. I think that's one of my primary philosophies in life is that I really do believe that we all have the answers inside us, no matter what the circumstance is, whether you're out in the trail or out in the middle of sea, or you're going through a major breakdown or whatever it is, we do have the answers. And it's not like we're not there to support one another, but I think that, you know, you need to trust the fact that that person knows their own self the best and maybe isn't going to do it the same way you would, or maybe your recommendations aren't necessarily a hundred percent, but you know, at the end of the day, you're there, you're still holding in that person. You're still, you know, I'm not yeah. walking away from you. No, I'm, I'm still there for you. It's just, I know that. And by the way, if I'm seeing somebody really start to wobble, I'm their safety net. I'm going to be there. Yeah. But I also know too, like, I think I said to you, I shared another story with you a little while ago about a woman I taught her how to sail her boat that she inherited when her husband tragically died. And she was at the stage where I knew she was ready to get the boat into the slip. She was not happy when I left the wheel and I had her take over the wheel. She was not happy with me at all. But I knew she could do it. And I knew that she wasn't feeling that she could do it, but I knew she was. And she just did fine. But, you know, me carrying on and bringing the boat in and out of the harbor for days on end would not have served her. And I knew that she was ready. And so sometimes you have to be a little bit tough, but you also have to really trust. I really trust my own instincts in terms of knowing when I can start stepping away. And I mean, some people call that like a tough love approach, but in the corporate world, you can't call it tough love. You skyrocketed. A lot of people want to be coaches, but as soon as you got into the coaching industry, the corporations just sucked you in and you went often from one client to a dozen. And it's something that you seem to be straight up about. Would you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what's the story in the corporate world? Yeah, well, I think that you use the right terminology. I am really straight. I don't do gray. I'm pretty black and white. And it's the conversation, me going, engaging in a conversation and kind of feeling a person out. And then I'm not directing the conversation. The agenda is coming from the client. I mean, that's something fundamentally you know anyway through going through a whole coaching curriculum, but it's more so really trusting that and being curious, asking the deep dive questions, not being afraid to go into those dark corners and saying, well, you know, Tracy, this is what I'm hearing. Have you considered, or this is how this is landing for me. Am I, am I going down the right path? But not being afraid of really going into the places where energetically or intuitively I'm feeling like, oh, geez, you know, this has been swept under the rug for way too many years. This yeah. has got to come out because, you know, we can't move forward until we deal with the drama. Whatever the drama is, whether, you know, it was when you were five or whether, you know, it was last week or whatever it was. 
So I have the ability to do that. And a lot of the work that I have done over the years has honestly been through referrals, through word of mouth. Oh, yeah. I feel very fortunate. I feel very, very lucky that that has happened because that's typically, a, like it's always been a good fit for me. Yes. In terms of my work. Yeah. And your work is fairly confidential. You've got some high profile customers and people that you work with, so you can't share any names, but is there a story or a breakthrough that you could share keeping confidentiality that of where you help somebody see through that questioning that you do that? Yeah, there is actually. I mean, there's several, but one, a couple of times of mine, one in particular, there's a fellow that I worked with a really, really big company. I won't even say the company because I don't want to divulge, but a really big company, a very large organization or, or company in, in Ontario. And he was 100% sure that he was in this job that he hated until he got the gold watch. Like he was determined. He said, look, you know, I got a mortgage. I got kids. I got, got all this responsibility. How could I leave? And I, but I hate, you know, I hate getting up in the morning. I hate going to work. And so through a process and through a, a number of conversations, he finally came to the conclusion and he did this, like he, out of the conversation that we were having that he finally got to the place where he realized that there was other options in his life. And then he got to the stage where he actually did leave that organization. And he realized that he had a quite an entrepreneurial side to him and he bought a franchise. And then he contacted me, I don't know, a few months later after our official relationship completed with this company. Yeah. And he told me, like he said, I've never been working so hard and I've never been so happy <laughs> because he loved what he was doing. He really believed in what he was doing. He found the right key. And there was a real pride of ownership that he was, this was his company, his bit, a small franchise. But you know what? He was earning a good living. He was working hard. He said that the coaching process really helped him be a good leader, which was great. He was using some of the tools that I use with him through supporting and mentoring his staff. Yeah. So that was so fantastic because honestly, when I first met him, I didn't know if I was going to be able to invite him to really, because he was so dug in. Yeah. So dug in. That was a huge win. I mean, when I have those kinds of conversations, when I see a person, you know, ultimately find their, find their real truth, be really honest with their own selves. I think, holy smokes, this is just the best ever. It's just so exciting because can you imagine that person getting up for the next, like he probably had another 20 years to put in next 20 years, basically selling out, right? Yeah. Well, like, and a lot of our listeners that are, they're either at that realization where they're ready to not sell out or they're where he's at. And they totally identify with how you were describing this man. And now you've just created all our listeners to be like, I don't want to be a sellout. I I don't want to live the next 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so great. That's what I say whenever I'm doing any kind of leadership coaching or whenever I'm talking to somebody who's really stuck is just pay attention. Just stop and pay attention. You might think you have the right answer all the time and you don't. We don't. We might think, and it might come from a place of, I really care about you. I'm really concerned about you. Fine. But guess what? I really care about my kids. I really love them, but I don't always have the right answer for them. They've got their own noggins, right? When I'm working with any groups, I always invite people to just stop and pay attention. I am humbled and honored and so glad to bring you out 
to my world in Unstop the Story. And I believe today there is definitely our listeners that have stories that are stopped, that are now released, and they can go aim for those peaks again and start back their climb. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Trace. That's lovely. It's been a real pleasure. It always is, but I'm very proud of you. I think what you're up to is fabulous and your energy and your enthusiasm is so infectious and you are so well positioned for being where you are at this time and place in the world. So you're amazing in terms of giving the gifts that you're giving. So keep doing it because that's what the world needs. They need more of Tracy. And more Kathy, more Kathy and Tracy. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Always blow up when you and I are together. Yeah. Kathy, if people want to support you in your Bhutan journey, or if they would like to get some executive coaching with you or consulting for project management, how do people reach out to you? Best is my website. So it's uh, smartmovetraining.ca and all the infos there and be great. SmartMoveTraining.ca for Canada. .ca for Canada. Because we have people listening from all over the world. Because Uh it's Catherine Smart. So she was invited into the smart space. So how wonderful she calls her training business Smart Move Training. (laughs) There you go. So great. Yeah. Well, I do not want this conversation to end, but it's time. And people, it doesn't have to end. It's been such an honor. So do reach out to Kathy and hear more of her stories and ask her more questions and definitely bring her in as a coach in your world. Mm, Unstop your stories. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show? I'd love if you could share it with someone you think will find it valuable or inspiring. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to see a live and unedited version of this full interview, you can. Subscribe for all access at unstoppabletracy.com slash interviews, and you'll gain instant access to the whole catalog for free.